Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. Now, there is nothing I enjoy more than settling down in my living room to watch a great TV show. So let's talk about some of the best, shall we? Who doesn't love losing themselves in a story? And in a visual world, a TV show that allows you 30 minutes to an hour of escapism every week, or indeed a 10-episode binge, is just a joy. One of my friends said to me the other day, you know, you really should talk about the TV shows and films you love because you are my go-to for recommendations. I was very flattered, by the way. So as we're all friends here, I thought I would share some of my favourites with you in case you are looking for some inspiration. Now, I cannot talk about TV shows I'm enjoying at the moment without making reference to Ted Lasso. It was actually my friend Amanda Lamb who suggested I watch it. She came on the podcast and we were chatting after we recorded and she said, have you watched Ted Lasso? And I said, oh no, I didn't really understand it. Football, football coach, American football coach, don't get it. Um, And I have to confess that I watched that first episode and was like, oh, I don't really get it. But hear me out. I was distracted. I watched it while I was doing various chores around the house, sort of flitting from in and out of the room. And I didn't give the show my full attention. And that makes me laugh now because the fact that I wasn't convinced on my first viewing is just so ridiculous because it's the show I am most excited about every week. Just to give you context, it's quite early on Wednesday morning. I've got a very, very busy week this week, but I want to get bullet points recorded. Now I've got a very busy day today. I'm doing it now <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning, but I woke up at five and watched the new episode because it's just come out because I just was like, well, I'm not going to wait till this evening. I'm going to be thinking about it all day. I want to know what happened after last week. So that's the level of commitment I am at currently with Ted Lasso. But where do you even begin when you're appreciating a show like this, which is so well written, it's so well observed, it's observation of people and interaction and engagement is so spot on. And it's just so beautifully delivered and it contains so many layers that when you actually begin to dismantle all the component parts, you realise just how much is how much is there. So let's start with the cast because I think that's so important because you they are such wonderful characters and the cast do such an incredible job. They are flawless, but also flawed, which is what's so brilliant. So they're people who are allowed to make mistakes and learn from their experiences. There is so much character development, which if you've been along for the ride is so pleasing to be a part of. There isn't a single character who doesn't seem real and it's impossible not to empathize with them as we watch them on their journeys. Even Coach Beard, who, let's be honest, if you've been watching, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if they sixth sense him, sixth, <laughs> if they six sense, sensed him. Goodness me, that didn't seem like it was going to be hard when I thought about saying it. Sixth sensed him. <laughs> and he turned out to be Ted's long dead friend from back home. Who knows? Who knows whether that might be the finale? Um, but what's so beautiful about the writing is that you can get swept along in the story, enjoy the ride, and then realize there's a very serious subtext, whether that's about mental health or self esteem or relationships. And it runs through everything. It's entertaining, but it's enriching. It's an example of what it would be like to navigate the world and the people within it, if we were all just trying to do and be our best, which is what makes it really hopeful. And when you finish watching an episode, even though they do explore some dark themes, I think it's impossible not to feel invigorated and just happy. And it's a show I'm not afraid to throw you a curveball. There's an episode in both series two and three where it's like a lost night after an away game. And this did happen much more subtly in the first series, but they really ran with it in seasons two and three. And out of context, you would be forgiven for thinking, what on earth is going on here? But that's the beauty of the writing. Even when it should be coconuts, 
because you know the characters and the situation so well, it kind of makes sense. Honestly, every character, every single character has been so well written that now in its third series, they are so familiar that you might even know what's coming, but also be surprised by it too. All of the players on the team, you know, kind of well enough so that they can appear in one episode and be quite uh, present. You might not see them or they might not participate in a way that's relevant to the major plots. And then they'll turn up four episodes later and you're just back in, you're back in the game, you're invested. And the callbacks to previous episodes are a testament to the incredible writing and how the characters are drawn. An example being how one of the players, Sam, talks in the first series about how his dad used to pull his earlobes for good luck when he was a child. And then in series three, when we meet Sam's dad, Sam's a bit upset about something and his dad cuddles him and just pulls his earlobes. And it's such sweet little things like that that you wouldn't necessarily remember, but they're really, they make it really rich, which is so sweet. And it's these small blink and you miss them elements of the show that make it so beautiful. Plus they, it's like every episode, they throw away so many jokes, things that I would consider to be comedy genius. They don't even... There's almost like no attempt to deliver them. They just sort of, at the end of a scene or something, there's just a little thing that comes out. They don't wait for a pause. They don't, it just gets thrown out there. And honestly, those are the ones sometimes that I'm just absolutely howling at because they are just so almost like, oh, you might, you might have, you might not have noticed it, but they're so noticeable. Again, again, once you start watching it and you get the get into the rhythm of it you realize how much is in there and even those throwaway jokes those little asides particularly from ted are just so brilliant and they don't labor on them because they're not it's not about jokes it's about the bigger story and one thing i think they've done really well in the show is depict how people really speak i think about this every single episode or after the episode because there is a lot of swearing And if that script had been submitted 20 years ago, it would have received an 18 certificate and a post-watershed slot in the schedule. But the truth is, that is how people talk now. The F word has lost its sting from overuse. And rather than a sign of poor vocabulary, which is what I was always told at school when told off about my mouth, it's a way we punctuate what we're saying these days. And it signposts a rainbow of emotions rather than just rage, as perhaps it once did. And so actually, if you listen to it, it's as uh, my parents might say it's quite blue but it doesn't take away from anything it actually is just a really good representation of how people speak i think the rumors are that the series three that's currently airing at the time of this show going live is going to be the last and in a way can't believe i'm saying this i hope that's true because the show the characters the journey will live almost like a time capsule that can be revisited untouched again and again in psychology, the act of re-watching TV shows or films that you've seen before is a well-known comforting behaviour. You know what's going to happen, so there's no jeopardy, it makes you feel nostalgic, and we know what emotional touch points we're going to hit, so we can cocoon ourselves in this lovely feeling. And knowing that Ted Lasso, all three series, I have no idea how it's going to end, by the way, but I have my suspicions, but the entire show will be there to revisit in this way, even after it has all ended, is something... I look forward to being available to me because I have. It's one of those shows that if ever I'm feeling like, oh, I get to the weekend and I'm a bit stressed or whatever, I will just go back and watch episode one. Or I think, do you know what? I really want to see there's a particular episode in episode two. It's the day of the away match. There's a scene in that that takes my breath away every single time. It's so beautifully done. And sometimes I think I need to watch that episode today. 
So knowing that it'll all be available, whether it's to watch in its entirety or to dip in and out of, is something I'm really pleased about. So if you haven't watched the show, I encourage you to start now. It's a safe space with vital, relevant themes explored in the gentlest and most compassionate ways. And it's a 10 out of 10 from me. (laughs) As you can probably tell, I'm on a roll. I could talk about TV all day. I could really go into the details of Ted Lasso, but I'm just very mindful of this is a short episode, not a long one. (laughs) But um, I could talk about the TV shows I love ad nauseum. And if anyone's interested, my most rewatched shows of all time I allow a once a year rewatch so they don't get boring and I'm very careful about how and when I use them. But I'm just going to share them with you because there's three shows. They've been around for ages, but they are freaking brilliant. The first is Heart of Dixie. It's just the sweetest place to live. And the creator actually said she wanted to um, create a sort of like the happiest place on earth in a TV show, just the sweetest, gentlest place. And that's exactly what it is. It's the story of a New York doctor with no bedside manner, that old chestnut, who takes up an invitation to join a practice in Bluebell, Alabama, where everything is very, very different. The pace of life and the people are just so uh, at odds with everything that she's ever known. And love, laughter and hilarity ensue. Its star is Rachel Bilson and her wardrobe is everything. I will take her wardrobe over Carrie Bradshaw's any day of the week. And sometimes when I go back and rewatch it, I do go on to like a all those websites where they resell vintage clothes or I'm like, is there any, has anyone got any of these clothes? Cause I would so buy them still today. It's so, so lovely. So sweet. There's a love triangle. Oh, I don't know, George or Wade. I always come down on the side of Wade, but then George is a good thing. Anyway, let me know what you think. If you watch it out of Dixie, the other one is Banshee, which is a massive change of pace. But again, like Ted Lasso, just the greatest writing and character portrayal, but very different. It opens with a guy leaving prison to find the ex-girlfriend who he was with 15 years ago when he went into the clink. Uh, But on the way, he somehow, I won't go into the details, but he takes on the identity of the local sheriff. And that is the most brilliant pivot point for the most incredible storytelling. It's amazing. It is so, so good. And one of my favorite television characters of all time is in Banshee. It's a character called Job, and he is genuinely a character I miss. And... You know, I said about Ted Lasso living in its sort of own little bubble. I make the exception for Job because if they had made a spin-off about Job, I would have watched it. It was just, he was just absolutely fantastic. Had some of the best dialogue. Um, and I honestly, now I'm thinking about, yeah, that he's just absolutely brilliant. So if you want something, it's quite gritty, it's quite dark. There's quite a lot of violence. But again, the lead actor is Anthony Starr, who if you watch The Boys, you might be familiar with. He plays Homelander. In Homelander, in The Boys, Homelander has a very specific evil gaze. And you don't necessarily think a whole lot is going on, but you know a whole lot is going on and you know that what's behind those eyes is just pure evil and malice. And what's so incredible is that, that The Boys came after Banshee and in Banshee, Anthony Starr's character is just, he has this look of longing for the love of his life there is so much pain in his eyes um, that when the boys started, I couldn't quite marry the two because I I can't believe the same guy can do the same, can can do this thing so powerfully because it's almost imperceptible, but you just feel in Homelander, you see just like this awful, awful human being. And in Banshee with his character, you feel so much pain. It makes you actually wince 
so he's just a phenomenal actor in fact the entire cast i don't think there's a, again another cast that does a really really good job at sort of bringing everything together but that's an incredible show it ran for four series and it's just fantastic if you're looking for something i honestly i highly recommend it i think the episodes are around an hour long 50 minutes to an hour long so it's a good meaty show it's really really brilliant and then the other one i allow myself a rewatch of and i would actually say this is now less than every year but my so-called life there's a part of me that is still a 15 year old who wishes that the good looking boy at the local school would notice me and that's why i loved this show back then when it aired in the 90s and i still adore it now it's written by winnie holzman who also wrote wicked and it's a brilliant brilliant show about the teen experience with a cast of young actors who would just absolutely amazing and they really validated for me it was like yeah I feel that or I don't really know what that feels like but I can sort of imagine it it was they explored so many incredible themes but in quite an adult way you know how some teen dramas sort of really spoon feed it to you this wasn't like that it was just they sort of met you where you were but treated you like grown-ups if that makes any sense so the two lead actors were Claire Danes, who played Angela Chase, and Jared Leto, who played Jordan Catalano. If you weren't in love with Jordan Catalano, then what was wrong with you? But for me, honestly, and obviously, like Angela, uh, Angela Chase, Claire Danes has gone on to do incredible... She's just a phenomenal actress. She was then. She was almost like a phenomenal Oscar-winning actress in a 15-year-old's body back when she was doing My So-Called Life. And obviously, Jared Leto has gone on to win an Oscar. But for me, for me personally... The real standouts on that show were AJ Langer, who played Rayanne Graff, and uh, Wilson Cruz, who played Ricky Vasquez. They really did some heavy emotional lifting and had to, uh, they had to portray some really intense feelings and emotions, and they did some incredible, incredible work. And there's a Christmas episode, Ricky in particular, if that doesn't break your heart, if that doesn't break your heart, put it back together again and then smash it to pieces. I don't know what will, because that is just a, a phenomenal episode and just the writing and the acting is just next level. So again, it's very important with these shows though. Once a year, dosing is very important. Too little is better than too much. So do you have shows that you go back and revisit? Do you like that comforting cocoon of going back and knowing what you're going to get? What is it about a TV show that makes you fall in love with it? In the way that I clearly am just now obsessed with Ted Lasso. I have watched it already this morning. Friends, tonight when I go to bed, I'll watch it again. I will have it on in the background. I probably won't look at the screen as much, but I just enjoy being in that show. <laughs> just having it around me. It's like having it on. I watch it. I'm very engaged with it on one viewing and on another viewing. It's just there, just keeping me company. That actually sounds quite sad. It's not meant to be, but I just like it so, so much. I like the people in the show. I like the characters. Even when they're screwing up, I root for them and I really, really like it. So do you have that experience with any TV shows? Are you somebody who loves to rewatch or are you somebody who's like, once I've seen it, I don't need to see it again? Let me know. Uh, join the conversation in the Facebook group, email me on the BT podcast at uh, gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. It'd be delightful to hear from you and also share any recommendations. I mean, I've shared mine, but I might be missing something great. And before you say it, I have started Succession. I'm only on episode two. I'm finding it quite hard to get into. I know that you have to breach like episode three or four and then you're hooked. Haven't got there yet, but don't worry, Succession I'm doing. But if there are any others, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. That's everything for Bullet Points this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for commenting on all my posts over on Instagram and subscribing and spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it hugely. I shall see you on the next one. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.